Let this worship team know how much we appreciate them tonight. And how about that Elizabeth? She's the town. If you can beat a box and make it sound like that, just think she had a set of drums, how she'd sound like. They are talented, and they bless our hearts, and they're faithful to us to be here with them. We do appreciate them being with us tonight. Glad you're here tonight. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. We're going to have a devotion tonight. We'll have a time of prayer. I want us to remember that tomorrow from 1 to 3, the memorial service for James Larson's mom will take place at the Willow Funeral Home. If you have time to stop by and visit with the family, it's between 1 and 3 tomorrow. And to keep them in your prayer. Uh, if you have tithes and offering, drop in the boxes on your way out tonight. And uh, this time we're going to have our devotion. And I want you to welcome Greg Ziegler. Good evening. Boy, I tell you what, the devil's been fighting me today. But I'd like to, first off, I'd like to thank my pastors for allowing me to even get up here and behind this pulpit. It's, it's something I don't take for granted. It's a, a great honor. You know, being part of the council, I get to hear stories that a lot of people don't get to hear and, and how they... Of work to get this church to where it is and how they uh, had to gather up money just to uh, get a stamp to pay a bill and here we are in this now and I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of so many great men and women of God that built this church and I'm, I'm truly honored to stand here. I'd like to speak on Elijah, where he is um, running from Jezebel. And we think that uh, it don't make sense. He killed all these prophets of Baal and, and called fire down from heaven. And how in the world could he run from a, a woman? And it don't make sense sometimes, but when you look at our world today, how it's going and, and the stresses of life, sometimes that might make a little bit of sense. That You know what? I've had enough. And there's lots of people here who's had enough, and they're, they're saying, you know, Lord, where are you? And hopefully we will um, get this talked out. I've, uh, like I said, I've been fighting this. I've had thoughts in my head, and I thought, that's a pretty good thought, I'm going to write that down, and by the time I get to a pencil and a paper, it's gone, and I'm like, all right, devil, you ain't going to win, I'm going to say what God wants me to say, so I'd like to read uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, I'll read down to about verse 18, and it says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. When they, then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that, he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. 
And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, throw down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I alone, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak or his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, throw down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you have arrived, you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Syria, and Jehu... The son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elijah, the son of Saphat of Abel Moala, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. And we, we see that uh, the past victories, they didn't mean much to Elijah at the time, you know. And there's past victories that as we have, as ourselves, as, you know, I've had uh, things happen to me that the Lord has stepped in and moved upon me greatly. And there's times that I've, uh, there's recent things now going on that uh, I'm asking, Lord, where are you? Um, you worked on my, my behalf before, but where are you now? And, and I've seen uh, miracles and, and, and healings in my past, and you, there's nobody who can tell me that, that God don't heal, that he's not a healer of them people who are sick and afflicted. I've seen legs grow out. I've seen teeth filled with gold that from, uh, and they test, tested the gold, and there was, it was not found on this earth. I've seen the teeth uh, just Fill up and replace old feelings with and turn to gold. I've seen it with my own eyes, and there's nobody can tell me that God can't do something. And so I'm asking the Lord to just to to step in and and do stuff for people, and I'm believing it's going to happen. And uh, but we he received some bad news, 
and like a lot of us have received bad news, um, where uh, if we look at the world standpoint, what's going on in the world, some of you may know this and some of you may not, but they, uh, the Jews has, think they have found their Messiah. They, they, they're uh, kissing his hands. The lead rabbis are, are just flocking around him. They're, at, they're uh, making him think that he is uh, something special. He's, he has learned He's memorized the Torah and the Tanakh and, and all these other uh, writings of the Jews from age 13. He can, he can quote them by uh, memory. And it's, it's pretty amazing, but um, he's even doing miracles. And he's, he's, uh, they're flocking to him like, he, he, like he's their Messiah. And, and we're, we know that um, He's, he, he could be the, the Antichrist or he could be the false prophet or, or just a false messiah. We don't know, but he, he is something. And we, we are, uh, people are scared, and rightfully so, that, um, that the Antichrist may be walking the earth right now. And then we got uh, the one world religion that they, um, there's the Jews, the, the Christians, which is led by the Pope and an imam from the, Muslim faith, and they've built three temples in Abu Dhabi, and they're saying that this is where the, everybody's going to come to worship, and and all all they've signed a pact that this is all uh, going to all religions going to come to this place, and they said even now get this that if you're an atheist, they're going to the aliens are going to come down and teach the atheist. And it, it, this is how far-fetched this is getting, people, that a one-world religion is knocking on our door. Even a one-world government. We see that the World Economic Forum is saying that by 2030 that you will own nothing. You'll rent everything you got. You'll rent your house, your truck, your phone, your TV. Everything that you own, you won't own no more. And... They're going to, they're taking over, trying to take over the money system, and it's coming to pass, people. We see that uh, an apostate church is rising. I seen and blowed my mind that there was a, and I won't say his name, but there was a mega church that uh, had a candidate that's uh, come to his church, and he endorsed her, and, uh, told all his people, now you know what to do. You know that you, uh, who to vote for. And the woman is for abortion and gay marriage and all this other stuff. And, and, and how can a Christian church stand for something like that? So we, we see an apostate church that's starting to rise. Everything that's, that's prophesied in the Bible, we are seeing come to pass right now, right before our eyes on a world stage. And then we see personal attacks. We see... Let me get my mantle out. We see anger, fear, depression, hopelessness, anxiety, doubt, faithlessness. There's people who are losing their faith. They're saying that uh, shame. There's people saying that the prayer of faith don't work no more. They're saying that uh, I'm not. I'm done. Everything's is going to hell in a handbasket. We got um, even Elijah. He he's uh, 
accepted that he's, he's uh, received the spirit of fear on him and he's, he's wrapped himself in this thing and he's gone into the wilderness. How many people want to be wrapped in this thing? We see that, that uh, it seems like we're losing. We're losing ground. And how in the world could uh, Missouri pass medical mar- or marijuana, recreation marijuana? How can a conservative state do that? How, how can that happen in here? We see evil just running rampant. But um, even though that it seems like we're losing, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And we are moving in a direction that can't be stopped. God has put stuff in motion that is, is going to happen. And, and um, so we see here that he's uh, went into the wilderness. And he's sleeping under, he's wore out. He's running. He don't know what to do. And what amazes me is, how many times he's heard the voice of the Lord? How many times has he been inqui- people inquired from him? How many times has has he, uh, he's seen the power of God fall? But he don't he don't ask. He don't seek the, the Lord. He don't seek a word. He he just goes. And and a lot of people are doing that now. That I I'm I'm done. Nothing's working right. Everything is going the wrong direction. I, I'm, I voted and it didn't work. I've done this. I've done that. I'm about ready to pull my hair out. I'm just going into the wilderness. The Lord will take me from there. I don't, I'm not saying nothing. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just going to sit here on my hands and I'm not going to do nothing. But the Lord has something different in mind for us. There is... Uh, so much that we're fixing to do, people. We are, we are a remnant church. We are. Um, he went, in my opinion, he went the wrong direction. They, the Lord fed him, and he said, "The journey's too great for you." But he's he was supposed to go to the wilderness, wilderness of Damascus. But instead, he went to Mount Sinai. And I've often asked, Lord, if we're going in the wrong direction, if we're doing something that we don't need to be doing, if there's something we need to be doing, don't let me go in the wrong direction. Don't let me wander off into a fable. Don't let me wander off into something that it's not going to amount to anything. And the Lord is leading, but it don't seem like we're getting there fast enough. And oftentimes we want to charge God foolishly, Lord, you should have done come goddess a year ago. The outpouring should have been two years ago. You're, you're missing it, God. You, what are you doing? But we know that this stuff has got to come to pass before we can um, have an outpouring. I don't want to call it a revival because Christians need to be revived. An outpouring is for everybody. So I'm going to... Um, we see that... The Lord asked them a question, and then finally we see the word of the Lord. Where was it at first? He could ask, and the Lord would have told him, you know what, Elijah, I'll take care of you. You need to go and anoint the people who is, I've called you to anoint, but no. But um, finally the word of the Lord come to him, 
And he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And not only what are you doing in Mount Sinai, what are you doing in, in fear? What are you doing in, in this mental state that you're in? I, what are you doing? What are you doing here? And, and he says, I have been very jealous of the Lord God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek to take my life. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And Elijah didn't do it. It amazes me. And then the Lord Behold, the Lord passed by, and Elijah's hidden in the cave. He didn't come out. A great and strong wind tore the mountain and broke in pieces the rocks. Could you imagine the wind? Could you imagine the Lord standing out there and it not affecting him at all? Could you imagine him standing there in a robe that filled the temple? How long it was, and the wind... He wasn't being shaken by the wind. His, his garments wasn't blowing. He was affected, not, not at all, by the wind. And an earthquake. Could you imagine being in an earthquake, standing out on a mountain? You having to gather yourself up. The Lord didn't have to gather himself up. He was standing strong. He, didn't, he wasn't moved. The fire. Could you imagine standing in a fire? I've fought wildland fires a lot in my lifetime, and I know how it is to be around fire. You ain't just going to stand there. And the Lord, he wasn't affected by the fire. He's standing there not being affected in any way by the fire. And then, all of a sudden, he heard the word of the Lord again. A, a sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak we can wrap our face in this one or we can wrap our face in this one. I'll read, read you what this one's got on it. Then men brought unto him all that were diseased that, he, that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. This hem... Right here. This one says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of the peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Right here. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But unto you with fear, my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. So, if he wrapped his face in this, right here, the only thing, the only thing that can get in and out of your head or in your body is through your ears or your eyes or your mouth. Right here, I'm covering my whole head with God, with the Word of God. I'm not, 
I'm not wavering. I'm not looking at what's going on now. I am got my head wrapped in the Word of God, in, in God's presence. The, the prophetic mantle that he had, he wrapped himself in, in his anointing. He wrapped himself in everything that he should be doing. He wrapped his, his face where I'm not letting anything of the world get into me. What would have happened if Elijah would have stepped out of the cave? What would have happened? And I've often thought, Lord, I want to be a person who ain't scared to do nothing for you. I want to, I want to be the one who steps out of the cave and, 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 and does what I need to do because it wouldn't have killed him. He'd have stood there right beside God. And we're going to do the same thing. It doesn't matter what's coming against us. We are going to stand in the presence of the Almighty God. And we're going to uh, stand flat-footed and see people saved. We're going to see people healed and set free from addictions and every other thing that, that is going on. Nothing, nothing in this world is going to move God. If that didn't move God, nothing's going to move God. But what God is wanting is for people to obey. Elijah didn't obey. I'm going to read you a, a scripture. It's in Luke chapter 17, and it's, it's started with verse 3. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And then the apostles like, well, I need more faith for that. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. And then he, he, he gets them again. He says, will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come from the field, come at once and recline at the table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have done what was our duty. The Lord's telling them, do what you're told. I told you to forgive, and that's what you got to do. And there's so many commands that, you know, and I'm not saying we all know what sin is and, and the commands of the sins and everything, but the, the commands that I want to talk about, like uh, in Matthew 22, 37, the greatest commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love the, your neighbor as yourself. Another command that I, I, I quote this to my wife constantly. Do not be afraid. Only believe. John sixteen thirty two. These things have spoken to you. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Folks, there's so many commands in the Bible. One that's been stuck in my head for the past couple years is you be holy because I am holy. We, we have to be a holy, righteous people. And the Lord's going to uh, reward us for that but by mightily using us. Is this a remnant church? Absolutely, it's a remnant church. And we're going to be used in ways that we don't even, can't, can't even comprehend. There's stuff that the Lord has showed me that, that will just blow your mind. You know, we are the restraining force. That's another command that we, we have to, to, to stand in. You know, if, if we're, are we restraining? Are we praying uh, enough and praying the right prayers to say that we are restraining the evil from coming on the earth? You know, I, I thought uh, things is going to happen. You know, that there's prophecies that's going to be filled. The perilous times is going to come. There's going to be wicked people come. I get that. It's going to come. Uh, but... Are we going to be strong enough to restrain all of it? I th uh, the Lord gave me this analogy, and I, it's kind of interesting. If we're playing football, and I'm the quarterback, and I've got my line up here in front of me, and the ball's hiked to me, these guys are going to keep me safe most of the time. Not saying that there's not going to be a guy come in and, and get me one or time or two. But what's going to happen when there is no line? What's going to happen when the church is not here? You, you know, evil's going to come. We, we can restrain most of it. But prophecy is also going to be filled. You know, and... Uh, some of the bad news, like I told you, the, the Antichrist and the one world religion and the one world government and the, the apostate church, that's bad news to the world. To us, as child of God, we ain't going to see the Antichrist. We're going to be taken out of here before then. And we got to take people with us. You know, uh, Zach preached two Sunday nights ago. How many people, three billion people, haven't heard it doesn't matter if it's three billion or one. We still have to get our message out there. We still have to say that God's our redeeming uh, for sin, that he can save you, he can set you free, he can, he can heal you, he can um, use you. Everybody here can be a tool in his hand. Every person in this place can, can save one person. Just get him here. If you, if you, well, I'm not called to preach. Well, that's okay. You can be the toe. You can be the one uh, standing back there at the door. Uh, you can be the one sweeping. You can, there's plenty of stuff to do. Just because you're not the head doesn't mean that that little toe makes a big difference. And, and we, can, we can all just join in and, and, and get people saved. That's, this is the main thing in our, our life should be getting people saved. How can we get people saved? And, and we, uh, I'm speaking to myself, you know, I don't go anywhere except for church or I pick up at Walmart and I see one person. I can talk to that one person. I can say something to this person. I can try to change their life. They're, they're going to hell. You know, the older I get, the softer I get. I'm, I found myself in the summertime 
picking up worms off the concrete where they're flopping around in, in the heat and throwing them back in the grass. I'm getting soft in my old age, but there's people that's going to hell and going to burn for eternity. You know, it's, it's, it's our responsibility to, to do what we can do. And God has called us to this. God has called us to do more. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all a vision, and then I'm, I'm going to close. A couple years ago, I was, I can't remember if I was praying or reading my Bible, and, and the Lord gave me a vision of a horse, or two horses. One horse was dedicated. One horse stood back behind him. One horse ate what he was supposed to eat. He, he, he exercised. He, did, he uh, ran around the track every day. He was prepared, and the horse behind him, you don't even know when this race is going to be ran, and here you are wasting your time. Here, here you are eating all this good stuff for you and, and doing stuff that you don't even know when the race is going to begin. This horse got fat and lazy, and the, the, the other horse... He was ready. He was prepared. And come race day, that horse was in the gate. This horse was like, oh, no, I missed it. And the Lord spoke very plainly to me. He told me, bump the gate. Be ready. Be instant in season and out of season. When, the, when I get ready to pour out my spirit upon all flesh... You're going to be the one that's going to be used because you're the one who read your Bible. You're the one who prayed. You're the one who, who, who fasted. You're the one who was here at 3 o'clock in the morning praying down here. You're the one who, and, and it's all these people. It's not just me. Uh, we don't want to stand back and say, I missed the boat because there's going to be three kinds of people in, in the, the outpouring. There's going to be the people who are immediately ready. There's going to be the people who are saying, well, I... Uh, I'm, I wasn't quite there, but I'm, I'm there now. And then there's other people who are going to say, I don't even know what happened. And we have to be the ones who's standing in the gate, ready for it to open when God, because God ain't giving us a timeline. So we just got to be prepared at all times for, for what God's getting ready to do. And uh, in the way of uh, prayer, if anybody needs prayer, Prayer for anything like this, if you're hopeless, if you got anger issues, depression, anxiety, fear, anybody who's got fear, faithlessness. If you ain't, I don't have enough faith to, to sustain where I'm at right now. I've got so much stuff going on that I don't, I can't, uh, I'm fa fixing to run into the wilderness. If you are one of them people and you need to, Prayer, let's keep this aisle open. Everybody else, if you want to find a place to pray, if you guys want to come up or if you want to pray there, but if you want somebody to lay hands on you and pray for you, keep this center aisle open. So if you all would just come to pray or if you need prayer, I'll be happy to, and Pastor or Pastor Randy, either one, we can pray. So if, uh, if everybody just come forward or, or kneel where you're at, and pray, Heavenly Father. Anybody with anger, fear, hopelessness, whatever it is, I'll be happy to pray with you.